Hey there, welcome to episode one of the Back to Eden podcast. This is a podcast out of Eden Church from the Silicon Valley in beautiful California. I'm Mark, I'm the worship leader here at Eden, and today I'm joined by Daniel Latondo, the lead pastor here at Eden Church. Daniel, are you excited to do this podcast or what? I am so excited. I love the fact that we get to have a conversation about a number of different things, but I think I think the heart of this is not just what happens in our community, but maybe even the broader community and the the cultural uniqueness of faith and spirituality and Christianity in the context of Silicon Valley. I think it's just a cool fun thing to kind of dive into and think about and explore. Yeah, totally. And if you've been following us on any social media platforms, any podcasting platforms, we've been doing a little bit of that already where we've been having some Q&As from the previous messages where people can interact. But with this, we kind of wanted to have something where we can dive a little bit even deeper than just Sunday's messages. And we just wanted to be able to have a conversation and a platform for us to talk about things related to the message, but not necessarily directly from that. So with that, we're currently going through a message called Onward. And Daniel, do you want to give us a little bit of insight into what that series is about? Yeah, so Onward, I think, was born out of the unique season that we're at in the church where we are moving locations, and that really is a big deal. And this, for us, is not completely unusual since this will be our fourth location in the very early months of our startup. And so, uh, but but I think that what we saw in this opportunity was was really an ability to cast vision. And in the past, when we have moved, it has been in what I would call uh, less ideal circumstances. But this really is the first time that we're choosing to move because we've, we feel like an open door has been provided to us. And so the idea of Onward is like, man, let's not allow for maybe the conditions of our past to dictate how we're moving forward in life. And I, and that just applies to the, the season of life that we're in as a church where we want to move with confidence that, you know, God is leading us in this new venture, this new opportunity. And uh, we just don't want to be filled with fear about the unknown because there are so many unknowns about everything we do in church planting. But, um, but, but, to sort of posture our our minds and our hearts to just to to walk into this with confidence when I don't know in the past that has been our posture. That's awesome. And I guess today what I kind of wanted to do is kind of flip that message of the series is not letting our past hold us back, but I think what's also important too is to see how God has been faithful in our lives and kind of through this whole journey of starting Eden Church. So that's kind of what I wanted to talk to about today is for us to kind of also shed some light and give people some context of why we're here, why we're doing what we're doing. Do you want to go out? you want to start first? Um, what made you want to be a pastor? How did this whole Eden thing get started? Yeah, because I think, I mean, you and I are probably anomalies when it comes to like what the Bay Area produces, because the Bay Area produces a lot of things. Like we produce startup organizations, startup companies, mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. But I don't think that the Bay Area is known for producing pastors and worship leaders. Yeah, totally. Um, and so, and to me, uh, we, you know, when I was growing up, I don't know what your situation is, because Mark, you grew up in San Bruno? Uh, yeah, so South San Francisco. and then South Bill San Francisco. Brewing, okay, yeah. so I grew up in Sunnyvale. But I probably couldn't tell you, like, I didn't have one Christian friend at school that I knew was a Christian. Mm-hmm. I probably, I mean, maybe 
I, you know, now today I know that they're Christians or something, but at the time they probably didn't know that I was a Christian. I didn't know that they were a Christian. And so, um, so for me, I think that my faith was, and I'm kind of grateful for that. Like I didn't grow up in a culture that was predominantly Christian and I didn't, and you know, some people may have different views on that, but I think looking back to me, uh, I value that. I value that I grew up in a, in a culture where I, I got to be around people of different faiths and different traditions and backgrounds. Um, and so, but for me, it wasn't until college that I really got a sense of how exciting it was to be on a faith journey. Um, I had a number of guys on my wrestling team. I, I, I grew up in Sunnyvale, wrestled out there, got a scholarship to wrestle at a D1 school in Central California. And uh, a few of the guys on the team were believers, and they really had a heart to like follow Jesus and like dig into their faith and make it their own. None of us had our parents there influencing us in that direction. And so it was a great time for us to explore like what faith meant to us in that season. But it was in college where faith was just something, it was like an adventure, um, kind of like a Lois and Clark. Wait, not Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark. Lewis and Clark. Yeah. <laughs> so, but it was like that—that that yeah. part of my life that you got to just explore and ask questions and read books on, and you didn't have someone really controlling the way you thought. You just got to explore the Bible for what it was, and so that was like the beginning of my faith, my really faith journey, leading me toward the direction of going into what we call ministry, but vocational church life, um, and then and then through a number of experiences, really influenced me to kind of make that long-term decision so yeah totally how do you go from wrestling to being a pastor though that seems like a pretty separate kind of deal there yeah i um i feel like i feel like it's hard i feel like faith and wrestling are two of the most alignable realities in our world um because i feel like faith is like this constant wrestling match Mm. this internal thing this battle that you go through every day um, and then so, so I feel like so much of wrestling prepared me for life and ministry, but also my faith helped for me to understand, uh, wrestling in a broader context and kind of what that meant for me. But I just had some good buddies on the team that really wanted to help other people connect with God that maybe didn't have a relationship. And so we were all part of this wrestler Bible study that was on our, that we, we were essentially starting and then we did spiritual belief surveys. But in the midst of all that, having all those faith conversations, I felt like God helped me to see how valuable those types of conversations were for people in seasons of transition. And so for a lot of college students, they were leaving home, leaving, leaving their context, and sometimes they were making bad decisions. And so we had an opportunity, our friends, and I'm not saying that I had some kind of perfect college experience in terms of like moral, um, you know, kind of some moral thing. But I'm just saying that we had a lot of opportunities in that season to have those awesome conversations where, where people who are emerging adults are starting to think seriously about spirituality and faith. And so that's kind of where it connected. We just had a bunch of guys who were interested in that and I got to be a part of a lot of those conversations, and God kind of did something in my own life during yeah, that time. Yeah, totally. So, what about you, man? How do you? How, what was what was your journey uh, growing up in South San Francisco, and then all of a sudden being one of the very few people <laughs> in the entire Bay Area that would turn into a worship 
a worship pastor or a music pastor? Yeah, I think that I really uh, identify with a lot you were saying about growing up in not a very Christian, like a culturally Christian environment. And I think even though I went to like a Christian school from kindergarten through middle school and then going to a public school after that, I felt like I think looking back on it now, how separate and compartmentalized that kind of made my faith or, or, you know, just my knowledge of God at the time was because I think going to school and learning about God through class just made me view God as like a concept kind of like math or science or history. And I, I kind of feel like when it's presented to you in a way where you can't really say no to it or it's like, you know, I have to co- I have to go to class. My parents are paying money to go to this school. So I, you know, it's not like I don't want to take these classes or not. It's not like college where you can choose to major in certain things or choose what kind of classes you want to go to. I think that was really big in my development as a person because, I mean, I I knew a lot of things about God, but I think, and this isn't like the, the fault of the school. I think it's more just like on me, but just the way that I kind of handled what was given to me. But I also think it was important having that foundation because I think, you know, I've never really doubted the existence of God or things like that. And I think that's part of the way that I was raised. But I think just for me, you know, math never is going to change the way that I live or, um, you know, just things like that. When you treat God as a subject because God is so much more than that. But I think for me, what really changed was going off to college kind of like you. And I think that's why I'm just so passionate about reaching out to college students. Like I was just super involved in college ministry throughout my time at school. But I think that that was so important because that was really the first time in my life where I was faced with the decision of, okay, like, do I want to follow God now or not? Because for most of my life it was, Hey, get in the car. We're going to church now. And that was really big for me. That's interesting. No, no. Well, so Martin, what do you, I mean, since, I mean, we kind of have similar store stories in the sense where we had, in you know, I generally had a Christian upbringing. My parents became Christians at at some point in my adolescence, but it wasn't until you and I both went to college that there was sort of a solidifying of of our faith. What what do you think it was exactly for you that that kind of prompted that wrestling? Had you been re- because I I don't think that that's a unique story just to us. There are yeah, probably other yeah. people who grew up in a similar environment. But there was sort of this this tipping point in their life where it changed from being being this thing that you mm-hmm. understood to being this internal thing that like directs your life. Yeah, I think for me, one of the things was for me to come coming to terms with just how much I actually needed God because I think for me, growing up in a situation where God and and being involved with you know Christian community and things like that. I definitely feel like I was a little sheltered. I definitely think my parents definitely tried their best to protect me from, you know, from getting into trouble. And that's something that I, you know, I think growing up, I, I never really got into any serious danger or anything crazy like that. But I think at the time too, it just made me feel like I didn't really need God because everything was going so well. Like I, I, you know, like going to youth camps and you do the thing where you write all your sins and you on the piece of paper and you nail it to the cross and it kind of symbolizes how, you know, all your sins are, were paid for on the cross by Jesus. Like, I just remember like really struggling to like look at my life and be like, well, what do you know? Like, I'm not killing anyone. I'm not stealing. I'm not. And that's how I felt at the time. Like, and not really just seeing my sin as something that was really bad or keeping me from God. Cause my life was so comfortable. That's interesting though. So that, so you feel like 
for a while it i mean but so that was it what what it was for you that at some point in college yeah you came to this realization of like man i'm not yeah and i think part of that was for me coming to grips with like i wanted to sin in ways that i was judging other people for sinning like i remember in high school like i never drank or anything like that but i think that was only just because i never had the opportunity to because a lot of times like when we'd have like prom or things like that, I'd have to be home by a certain time. And that's when the, all the parties started. So, and I remember feeling super, you know, proud, proud, uh, proud and prideful about the fact that like, Oh, like I'm not drinking with these other crazy people. But I, and it, but it was when I got to college and like literally the first night after my parents dropped me off and like, I went out with all my friends and it's like, wait, you know, like not, at, not at the time, like not as it was happening, but at the, I realized that like, Hey, like I want to do this. This is fun. Like, and so it wasn't any of my own personal choices back in high school that I could feel proud of. And it's just things like that where I would continually find myself realizing that, like, if I was left to my own d- own devices and, like, if I really had the freedom to choose. And I think that's what going to college meant for me was finally experiencing some degree of freedom over what I really wanted to do or also feeling like I'm free of, like, consequences of, like, from my parents or things like but that. But that's so interesting because I think that, just what you said is that there really does have to be like this point of self-awareness yeah. where you're like, wait a minute, what I'm saying about my life isn't actually true about my yeah. life. And I think part of that, going back to growing up in a Christian environment, I think that that's why it's really difficult, you know, and I, I don't know how I would try to, you know, when I, if, if I ever have kids one day, try to figure out like, you know, like, I agree, like, you know, there is aspects of growing up in a Christian environment where it's awesome, where you get to learn about Jesus, you get to experience, like, community with other Christians from a really early age, but I also kind of feel like you do need to figure, you know, you you also need to figure out, like, hey, like, this is something that I'm doing because I want to do it, not because yeah. it's expected of me or not because I have to do it. Yeah. No, and I agree, man. I really do think that every every person has to come to a place of brokenness at some point in their life because I and I think that's even true for people who maybe grew up in a Christian home or grew up with you know with those kind of influences and maybe at a young age they can look back and they say, man, at, this, at six years old, I made yeah. a commitment to follow Jesus yeah. or whatever. But I think even those people. At, at some point in their life have to go through a, a season of personal brokenness because I, I think that it's a, more of a challenge for a six-year-old to really understand the damages of like, what, you know, what we've defined at, at in our community, we call it sin, yeah. but really the Bible describes it as like this thing, anything that you're doing that really misses the mark or mm-hmm. misses God's best for your life. Yeah, and I but think especially... everyone has to yeah, experience, every, yeah. ex- experientially know what that is out, outside of this conceptual, like mm-hmm. I know what, not doing what God wants me to do. You have to experience yeah. it to really exper- and, feel and that for brokenness. for me, what I've kind of seen through my experience with growing up in Christian with Christian parents and things like that was kind of like my parents became this like kind of my stand in for God because they were the ones kind of, you know, setting the rules and things like that. So it's kind of like, for me, it's like, well, you know, if I do what my parents say, I'm, I'm fine. But I think the problem with that becomes, well, there's a lot of things that, you know, like they're not really speaking into that is still sin, but right. I'm not feeling bad about it because they're not really going to. Right. Punish me over that, or discipline me over that. You know? Yeah, which I think, in some ways, I don't know. I'm. I mean, I have two kids, two young yeah. boys, and I get that. And I think that there's probably some naturalness to that. Like you are the, they are the dominant authority figure in your life. But at some point, you have to transition out of 
there. And I guess maybe I wonder if psychologically there's mm-hmm. there's anything part of that where it's like as you're leaving home, you no longer have like those people yeah. in your life yeah. who are the dominant figures. And so you're like, who's who's dictating or controlling my moral decisions? Yeah. And then you're like, okay, well, should it be God? And then I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if that plays totally. into I it. I remember having a, a conversation with one of my friends, my uh, really, yeah, my freshman year of school. And he kind of was asking me, and this was be- really before I really knew, but he was, I don't know how we got to this conversation, but he was asking me, like he was saying, you know, I'm not religious, but if I were to be religious, I would probably be Catholic because that's what my mom is. And that's how I was raised. And I really didn't know how to answer that because I was just like, you mean, I, I mean, I say I'm a Christian, but I really don't know if, if my parents weren't Christian, would I, you know, would I be a Christian? And I think that was something that really kind of made me think a lot of like, yeah, why do I believe what I believe? Yep. So, yep. I had a similar conversation in college, but, but those are just some hard questions to wrestle through and great questions. And everyone has to do it, you know? Yep. You know what's, and I think that's what's kind of just interesting about this conversation is that I, you know, I, not to make any sort of broad statement about how people think in our culture or whatever, but I do think that, that just in some of the conversations that I've had, and I, I think, you know, in Silicon Valley and just some of the people that I'm in contact with, I do think that there probably is sort of this general, general thought, maybe general self, oh, I don't know how to even describe it, but where like people probably look at themselves the same way that you looked at yourself growing up. Like, man, if I had to write, like, what are, what are some of the evil things that I do? I don't, you know, I don't, I don't do anything evil. Yeah, I'm not hurting anyone. I'm not know? hurting anyone. And I'm not trying to. And if anything, my, I, I, I don't think anyone ever would say that they're perfect, but the good things I do outweigh the bad things I do. So therefore like I'm yep. a good person, you know? Yep. Yeah. So I think, I, I mean, I'm trying to be very careful as yeah, I'm like yeah, describing yeah. this because I'm not trying to put label anyone or put them in a box. But I do, I do think that like sometimes where we did, however we think, wherever we think we get our moral authority from will be that measuring stick yeah. by which we like compare our lives to. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you don't, like if culture is your moral authority, then that becomes kind of like this fluctuating thing where in some generations, some things are wrong, and in another generation, maybe it's not wrong, but there really is like no consistent moral standard, which makes it difficult to like accurately assess yeah. who you are and yeah. your own identity. And so, I, I don't know. I just think and, that's part of the yeah. value of like the the Bible is that there it does offer. Maybe people disagree with it or whatever, but it does offer a moral compass for mm-hmm. for like which to gauge our lives even though we're still discovering constantly what that what that is but and kind of on the other hand of that where you're saying like there isn't really or it's like an individual moral compass or it's like i i almost kind of feel like growing up in a christian environment and growing up kind of sheltered it almost kind of was flipped where it's still other people are the the moral compass but it's always like well, don't end up, you know, like you, that's you can a, put your finger and be like, well, at least I'm not like that's them true. too. Like I feel like I'm, that's so true. I'm not, you know, no, historically that's like a true thing. Yeah. I mean, there have been like denominations that were born out of, you know, you know, unique interpretations of certain passages in the Bible mm-hmm. and they, or even cultural things like there are denominations that, and, and this is not to attack. This is just kind of looking at patterns in like historical 
religious movements that sometimes it's not even like something that they derive from the Bible that becomes like this moral expectation. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of set these like, that. I love how you said, that's interesting because at one, and, and on one end, there is no moral authority. And then on the other end, maybe in like some in of this sort, direction, yeah. in a different direction where it's like, you've, we've established all these moral expectations that come from our own personal biases. Mm-hmm. And it's also because we can live up to that. If it's if, if it's only performance, if it's purely do this, like if it's only physical things that you can do, it you can meet you can set those expectations because you know you can meet them, and then you can feel good about that's the so fact dangerous. that you met them. Yeah, no, I, but I think that's the danger of like cr- cultural Christianity for me yeah. personally because I think that it's easy to get so distracted by looking a certain way or or behaving a certain way and not and totally missing the point about god because there really isn't any room for god because you know as long as you dress a certain way or as long as you speak a certain way and look like do all the things that will make you look like a christian and if you can get away with that i think like that's the danger of it too is because you can do everything right on paper and still completely miss the point because you're never you know involving jesus in that yeah that story you know man this got deep real quick yeah, mark totally. this got deep real quick no that's i mean i don't know i i mean i i i appreciate all these kinds of conversations when it when it comes to faith because i th- i think you're right man i think or it, i mean i just enjoy these conversations because it helps me to dig mm-hmm. a little bit deeper into like my own faith journey and yeah. And really, what has shaped me, and you know, what areas is God still shaping me and mm-hmm. shaping my mind and my heart? Because when you're a regular communicator, I don't know, I feel this every week because you know, I communicate on Sundays, mm-hmm. and so I really do try to pour my heart out there. But what's crazy is that I cannot help, I cannot hide who I am. Yeah, like if you look at the things that I've said over the last year and a half, there are like going to be certain things that constantly emerge. That that aren't always perfect. Like yeah. they're my my I I I speak from my own bias, from my own hurts, from my own experience, from my own, you know, my own crooked way of thinking sometimes mm-hmm. that may not always accurately reflect reflect the heart of God. As much yeah. as I try to communicate what what the Bible teaches, but yeah, and, but we're all works in progress, and I think that's the beautiful thing about this you know, this journey with Jesus, because regardless of if, you know, if you've grown up in a uh, Christian and Christian environment, grown up going to church, or if you've never been to church before, like it does, there's like no prerequisite to, to coming to be in a relationship with Jesus. Like God, you know, like you don't have to do anything. Cause I think that's the beauty of like how much Jesus loves us. You don't have to be in a, you don't have to know anything about God, you know, you just have to, be willing to you know to trust in him. Yep. And then that's when you can start learning about him. But. Yep. That's cool. No, this is great, man. You know what we should do? We should have we need to let's let's plan to bring another voice into this. Totally. Yeah, because yeah. I love this. I, I want to kind of come back to this conversation. I think we're wrapping up today, but yeah. I think man, if we had another voice that could speak to faith, not yeah. speak about faith not being part of their upbringing. Yeah. And then and then Maybe it it became part of it later, or you know, maybe not. Let's think about that though. Yeah, that would be great. But 
that's yeah, that's the first episode that I think that's this is kind of like what I want out of this podcast. I just this, I want us to have a, a space and a time for us to just kind of share what's on our hearts. I think I like right now with the message series that we're going through of partially talking about our past one, not letting ourselves be held back by it. But I also do think for us to kind of remember where we have come from and kind of seeing how God has been working in our lives, even before we knew him. I think like that's what's amazing about it. Yeah. But so I think it's kind of cool to see like two sides of this message series. Yep. But we also have some big news upcoming at Eden Church too. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. In a few weeks, we are moving to our brand new location at Blackford Elementary. It's going to be awesome. It is really an awesome, beautiful location. It's right down the street from eBay headquarters in Campbell. And so it's, it's just going to be an awesome step up for us. And I really think, you know, the way that I see it, it's, it's the future of Eden. And, um, I'm just excited. There's so many people right in that location that we really will have an awesome opportunity to minister to people from all over the world, a bunch of eBay workers. So I'm, I'm excited really to serve that community. And then, um, and then for our people just to, to be on mission, to help us launch this new location. A lot of them, a lot of, you know, people that are with us today weren't a part of, you know, the startup at the early stage. And so this is like everyone's opportunity to jump on and, and get and, kind of get a taste of what that yeah, looks and, like. Yeah, and totally. that's the most, I mean, it's really, this, we're still in a really exciting, exciting time. Yeah. So, but yeah, thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions, if any part of the sermon or the messages that we've been uploading online are confusing, you can always send us questions and we'll definitely try to you know budget a time into this to for you to yeah kind of explain or to kind of go more in depth if there's anything that you feel like you didn't really get to explain if you had enough time because you really don't get enough time on sunday honestly to to really share everything i think um but so we can totally budget a time for that but i also think that this is something that i want to get out of this is just for us to be able to have a conversation and just see where it goes and also, I think adding on to the your announcement about us moving, we're also changing service times. Oh, that's right. Too. So not not immediately, but when we when we move on October twenty eighth, we're going to be moving to ten thirty instead of ten. So mark your calendars, set your alarm clocks. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm so excited for this move. Yep. Bring your family. Bring your friends. It's going to be an awesome day. We're going to have food trucks out there and a bounce house for the kids, and we're really going to celebrate with the community. Uh, this this new new chapter in the life of Eden Church. Well, awesome. Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. This was a great first episode. And just a little housekeeping things before we wrap up. You can find us on social media at Eden the Church. Also, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, SoundCloud, anywhere that you can find your podcasts. If you have questions, you can send us any messages on social media or you can email us at hello at eden.church. So thank you again for listening, and we'll see you again next week.